Welcome to the Unearthed Man podcast, the journey of becoming a conscious man. Hey all, Stephen here and welcome to episode 56 of the Unearthed Man podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Andrew. I love his passion for being a music man and have had the privilege of being woken up at 5am by his dulcet tones. There are worse ways to wake up and that is for sure. My story today is very relevant to my guest. He occupies a fantastic piece of land called Tandrum in central Victoria, Australia. Now he may need to correct me, however, from listening to his stories, Tandrum means place of gathering. It's where First Nations peoples travelling from the north towards the south for trading purposes would stop after being welcomed in by the custodians of that land. Before moving on, they were provided food, water and a resting place. This welcoming was a smoking ceremony to cleanse the visitors of any negative energy they were carrying. This beautiful tradition is still practised today. This place is well known for the men's business that used to be conducted due to the terrain and lookouts. This is important to note as in First Nations culture, men's business was conducted up in the hills and mountains, whereas women's business was conducted down in the valleys and rivers. This enabled men to see across the land they maintained and protected and observed the arrival of neighbouring or visiting mobs. Off the back of this, I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands we now occupy and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Now, here are a few things to run through before we kick off with today's guest. First up, the unearthed men community, made up of men willing to support and be supported by other men, continues to grow. If you're a man or know of a man who is seeking his tribe or his community, then please use the link in the show notes below to sign up. Alternatively, you can send me a message via any of my social media channels. Secondly, please subscribe to the podcast via your preferred app and leave a review. The quickest way to enable the podcast to become more accessible worldwide is to receive a five-star review. By doing this, you also acknowledge and thank my guests for their time, effort, and wisdom. And finally, expressions of interest for my eight-week men's empowerment program are still open. If you have that deep inner feeling that there is more to life than this, or you constantly feel irritated and frustrated and have lost track of who you are, this may be the program for you. We can at least jump on a call and see what I can do to help. As a reminder, I'm only taking 10 men into each eight-week program this year. Therefore, if you are interested, click the link below to join the wait list as, as it is filling fast. All right, on to today's episode. My guest today is a beautiful heart-led man. I had the chance to meet him in person at the same gathering we discussed last week, and we have formed a friendship ever since. The one thing that struck me immediately was his warmth. Father, son, identical twin, brother, uncle, partner, friend, creative director, producer, photographer, filmmaker, storyteller, traveller, journeyman, mentor, facilitator, jack of all trades, master of none. He has spent 25 plus years jet-setting around the corporate world. Working alongside CEOs and senior executives, he helps them access the heart of their organisations through powerful strategic creative delivery, enabling them to engage, connect and unite more deeply with their people. He is passionate about life and the transformative power of men's work. A founder of Gathering Men, he is at home and on beautiful Jara, Jajawaran country. One of his favourite locations is at the top ridge at Tandrum by the grandmother tree. This is a place of deep rest, deep peace, calm and connection. Of many sunsets, moonrises, silence and simple gratitude. 
And I can certainly testify to this last one, having taken many trips to the top ridge, on one occasion in all my glorious nakedness. So I'd like to welcome to the Unearthed Man <laughs> podcast, Brett Allenport. G'day, Brett. How are you, mate? I'm really well, Stephen. And for the uh, for the course of this conversation, I'm going to imagine you sitting there in your glorious nakedness on the top ridge. How's that? <laughs> um, I, I like that. That could be a scary thought for the listeners. But, um... uh, fantastic. Well, it's great to be with you, mate, and uh, and it's also great to follow my brother and uh, and my partner in Gathering Men, songman Andrew McSweeney. Very privileged to be yakking to you and to be following him in the order of this podcast. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great chat with Andrew last week um, to be able to go through and, you know, just his journey and his passion for being a songman yeah. um, and, and just how he keeps diving back into, you know, what the, what's love look like and what's love look like for me and what do I love to do, giving him that direction. That was just a really great chat. And, you know, I don't know you and him have a, a beautiful relationship and spend many times having just open conversations together. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we, it's, a, it's a beautiful um, symbiosis, I think, working together um, in what we bring as gathering men together, but also hanging out as mates and, uh, and I think we, we challenge one another definitely and we have that bond and closeness in a relationship to be able to do that um and we learn from one another and that's uh that's got to be the the uh i guess perhaps the definition of a of a a close friendship someone who can challenge you and that you can allow that person you know to challenge you and be challenged as well as um as share whatever the wisdom is that 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 i carry and be able to to um, to work together and to create something different from the sum of the parts, and uh, uh, yeah, so important. Uh, absolutely, and and the one thing that I notice about you and Andrew is that you are different yet the same, and that's what I love. Like you come from two different angles, but ultimately this sameness about you know wanting to get to a place of you know heart led, you know a calm peace. Um, and being able to share that with with other men, you know, the, the one thing that is just as soon as as soon as I've arrived and I've I've had the opportunity to be in your presence many times, but certainly when we do the gathering men up in Tandrum, you know, you just drop in, you go, I'm I I am immediately safe, like I am immediately held, I'm immediately safe, and and that's the environment that that you know you both have been able to bring in. But I think you bring that safety from two different angles, and mm -hmm. and I think. Where men come, there might be men might align, align more to, you know, where Andrew's coming from and others might align more to where you're coming from. But either way, that symbiotic relationship just builds that, you know, that that beautiful cone of safety that um, I think enables men to be more open and just slowly uh, put down the barriers. Um, sure. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And it is all about that container that, you, that you're referencing with that the safety of a container where men like yourself, first of all, feel welcome. And we'll perhaps talk a little bit about um, what you mentioned there with Tandaram and the concept of Tandaram, um, but being held safely on country, firstly, feeling welcomed, um, secondly, feeling safe, and thirdly, and perhaps most importantly, just feeling loved, you know. So what does it mean today in 2023 as a man to be welcomed into a space where you don't have all the usual paraphernalia around you, you know, you don't have the 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 alcohol and you don't have the smartphones, though they're not particularly smart sometimes in our lives. You don't have the um the 
all the distractions of the drugs and the cigarettes and the, whatever else it might be that is that, mm. that thing in, in my life that I use as a bit of a distraction or as we call it, a bit of a disconnect, really. Yeah. So in the work that we do, it's all about doing exactly what you're talking about. It's bringing fellows together on country and allowing them to feel safe and loved and welcome without any of those those um, those disconnectors and then seeing what happens in that space when when men are allowed to and encouraged to lean into what is to their joy but also to whatever pain that they're, they're carrying and just to allow that to flow out through them across time on country, you know, um, and it's just so important that that men and women, of course, at this time, but it's particularly the men that we're working with, are allowed to give to give up all that stuff that they feel they have to do in their daily life and to reconnect in a way that that my sense is they remember. Yeah. It's it's there in them, but they have to they have to re-remember what it mm. can be like. And uh, and it's just such a beautiful shedding of the stuff that that I hold in that space, and then there's such a beautiful um, seeding of all the things that that I love to do. Yeah, I, I, and I love all that. And just on on that point, what I'd like to go do, and I, I think you somewhat touched on that, is I, I want to get into the conversation, you know, at where you are now, and, mm. and but I think we would sort of get towards that as the end. Mm. We're all born, you know with this love and openness and, and willing to be there. And then something happens along the way where we actually get, that all gets shrouded and masked and covered off and conditioned. And then we come back out again, you know, through spaces that you're talking about. So mm. you know, part of this podcast is to be able to talk through, you know, how we went from where we were to where we are and what went through. And, and I'd really like to sort of know more about your journey and, and sort of mm-hmm. what sort of, you know, has taken place within yourself. I mean, we covered off a lot of, Items about there, you know, father, son, you sure. know, identical twin, and everything else. So, can you give the listeners a bit of an insight as to, you know, how your journey came out to the to the fact that you can now be creating this safe space for for other men? Sure, absolutely. Wow. Well, listening to your introduction um, about me, I thought, wow, he sounds like an interesting guy. I'd like to hang out with that cat. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and I think that's a really good place to start because in the end, I think it's all about self-love. I think it's all about self-acceptance. And I owe it to myself, but I also owe it to the people around me who, who brought me up, my mother and my father, my brother and my sister, and the friends that were around me, the families and the friends that were around me that allowed me to be who I was, you know, and and, and I'm so full of gratitude for the childhood that I had. You know, it's a childhood that's that's distinctly lacking in trauma. It's a childhood where we, you know, it wasn't an affluent childhood. We didn't have, there wasn't loads of money around, but there was a real sense of harmony and happiness in the house and a lot of love. And it was a place where the simple things in life were truly the best and, uh, and, you know, look, there's the dog. Welcome to Yarra the Irish Terrier. I'm going to let her out. Stand That's by. Cool. And everyone listens in, as we know, like this is an end-to-end record and this is what's going to happen. So welcome to the world of animals. So uh, we're back on. 
Exactly. Let's continue um, that's on. Right. Just when you think you've got it all worked out in life, suddenly it changes just like that. Um, so, so you know, my parents were also a little left of centre. I was a child of the 60s, the very late 60s, but born into the year of man landing on the moon and Woodstock and all those sorts of things, you know. And, and I think it was the 70s in particular was a really beautiful time to be alive. And uh, and where I grew up, it was a very, um, it was a, a safe place to grow up in the community. We rode our bikes to school. We had lots of friends. Most of our friends or many of our friends were women, young women at uh, at primary school. And so we had a, a great, a healthy selection of, of girls and boys that we hung out with and we were a real little posse and we loved that. And so, um, yeah, growing up, as a young kid in the Bayside suburbs of, of Melbourne, life was easy, you know. And, again, having heard so many men's stories now as a 50-something-year-old man, I realise um, just how lucky I was as a kid. And uh, the link, I guess, into the work that I'm doing now, and someone asked me this the other day. They said, how how long ago, Brett, did you find yourself playing this role of talking to men and, and holding space, if you like? with with uh fellows to let allow them to tell their stories and for me i think it was even in the playgrounds of primary school you know mm. i found myself without trying to to um to fix them or without trying to um to show them how it was done listening to the underdog so i would stick up for the for the guys who were being picked on or bullied at school and uh, and i would step in where they couldn't step in and i noticed that about myself that was just part of who I was. My left-handedness and my right-brainness just took me to those places. And so, you know, connection was super important to me as a kid and and that honesty and authenticity and 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 the feelings, you know, feeling the people around me in terms of understanding who they were and getting a deeper insight into um, the souls that I was spending my time with. So that's that's I guess a a uh, does that give you a bit of a feel for the young for the young fella I was yeah yeah definitely definitely for the young fella and I think that's you know that's a really nice for the end of the primary and then we get into secondary you know I think the interesting thing I know in my space you know there was you know probably not much dissimilar maybe in those earlier you know same brought up in the country you know primary school riding a bike to and from school and you're just out and you're free and you know. As, yeah. as, as I would often say, you know, sun comes up, disappear. The only time you might just come back is if you were hungry, get some food, and that could be any time during the day, and you'd be gone again. And when the sun <laughs> goes down, you're going to come back. And but um, absolutely. So sometimes the challenges that appear with us is is uh, getting into that you know teenage, you know, university, those sort of things. So you know, you want to talk sure. through. You know that, and you know as you go along, and and, and you know so you've got an identical twin, and um, you know what did that look like for you as as you were sort of navigating through through life? Absolutely. Well, the identical twin thing is a, is an absolute gift. It is such a gift because I hung out with that guy, holding space for him, and him holding space for me for almost a year before we even made it out. And mm. uh, and Jason was. Uh, He's five minutes older than me, so he he uh, he he pushed me out. Well, he went out first. That means, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Wanted the world a little earlier than me. I always get that bit wrong. <laughs> but uh, so he was. I kicked him out. I just decided to have a sleep in, which is not uncommon for me. Um, and because I just on that point, 
if, <laughs> if you want Brett to turn up at one one eight one p.m., tell him it's a ten a.m. session. Um, he'll it, probably just get there just on time. I, I love how casual and calm he is. Just in the man said, so, "Yeah, we're going to get there. That's pretty cool." But then when he turns up in his presence, it, it's worth the wait. Sorry, continue on. There you go. And there'll be people smiling and grimacing all over the world listening to that if they truly know me. And um, yep, I do operate a little on curry time. That's for sure. And um, and I'm proud of that sometimes, but but uh, but very aware that it gets in the way at other times. <laughs> But um, yeah. Look, just just having a um, having a brother. You know, I've got I have many brothers in the world, and I have one true brother, my brother Jason, who I love dearly. And uh, and it's a talk about symbiosis. It's a symbiotic relationship that is, you know, it's the yin and the yang. We are the yin and the yang, and that's the way we were in the world. You know, top and tailing in utero, which is such an amazing thing to think of. You know, that that closeness and and. You know, I think through the time you're asking about, through the formative years and teens, et cetera, we'd end up, you know, at Christmas, you know, at mum and dad's place and we've stuffed ourselves with food and had one too many servings of Christmas pudding and we'd end up on the couch together, you know, in that position, top and tailed, both just just uh, gorged with, with Tucker. And it would be this this feeling that washed over us of just harmony about being back in that space, being back in in the same space together and mm, I can't wow. actually describe what that's like but it's it's a it's a really beautiful gentle feeling and it's an incredibly safe space so yeah I truly feel that um that the privilege of being an identical twin growing up with someone who knew me so well and knows me still today so well and I him it's um it's just it it's such a beautiful thing to behold it's such a beautiful gift and um and I'll be forever <laughs> Forever, um, yeah, just enjoy with uh, with that. Not that it doesn't also have its challenges, you know. As an identical twin, we were so often compared, you know, the creative twin and, and the and the business twin, or the corporate twin and the and the creative twin, or whatever it is. You know, people mm-hmm. need to find differences in in, in similarity. And um, yeah, and I'm I, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that, and I'm sure Jason is too. But um, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you a little story about that. People often say to us as twins, well, the, the crazy question is, how do you know you're you? Which is, is, uh, is a really difficult one to work with. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the second question is, when he feels pain, do you feel pain? You know, it's that, it's that classic thing of, of, uh, of twin do, 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 do. Yeah. And, uh, and I, my response to it is always that, that, um, I'm not sure I quite believe in that, but with the way that nature and nurture works, the fact that we had a very similar upbringing, that we've got essentially the same DNA, the same fingerprints, all those sorts of things, that we there's almost a sixth sense around what would happen, what would I do? So when Jason was small and he was he got lost in the botanical gardens, I was able to lead mum and dad to exactly where he was on the other side of the park because I I know what I would have done, and yeah. and. It, in some ways, it's been like that in life. We've been able to support one another um, when we've gone through difficult times because we have such an insight into one another's spirit and and into into one another's genius, but also into one another's fears. Hmm. I like that. Hmm. Um, a shout out to Jason as well. I had the um, I had my first gathering that, that I did with Brett and Andrew. Um, uh, Jason was there. So I had an opportunity to to meet Jason, and we actually had a um an opportunity to spend some quality time together in in just a listening space and, and a conversational space. And 
yeah, it was just a really super powerful opportunity. And yeah, um, since then, you know, it, it takes subtle, small moments to build lifetime bonds. You know, like Jason and I connect here and there occasionally, but the one thing we'll always know, and we always had that that energetic heart-to-heart connection purely for just spending that time in each other's presence, just yeah. being present and just listening and just being held by each other, being able to express where we were in life. And and sometimes that's just the subtlest things in life mm. that, you know, we talk about lifetime friendships and we talk about lifetime connections and everything else. But, you know, sometimes you don't have to have spent 12 or 14 years at school with somebody else to have built that up. You could have just spent purely 30 minutes in presence with somebody else and then that would your energetic heart to connect. Absolutely. And it's that so connection beautiful. is there. Beautifully said, and and um, and you know, so brave of my brother to step into that space where you know I'm holding space as a as a moderator facilitator, um, as a participant, you know, where where he he gets to step so bravely into that space and talk about who he is and what he is and what he's what he's sitting with. Amazing, really took my hat off to him, and uh, yeah. and you know, it's it, I totally agree with you that there there are bonds and friendships that are made in that space of love and trust and safety that are um, held sacrosanct and that are are lifelong. And and Andrew and I often we have a bit of a running gag, and, and it's that the hardest job in the world is to get men to head out in the bush together without any beer or mobile phones and talk about their emotions. I mean, we're up against it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. In terms of the stereotypes. But, um, but, you know, I guess that's where it, it actually took a really tough moment for gathering men for the final spark to be, to be, um, to ignite the passions in both Andrew and I. And it was when Andrew, um, lost a very dear friend to suicide. And, um, and I think it was a nephew of his at the funeral that said, Hey, uncle, you know, we've got to do something here. And Andrew and I had had some conversations around this and where our hearts were with opening up that safe, welcoming, loving space to men to talk about what it is, to avoid, you know, the, the terrible tragedy that is seven of nine suicides every single day here in Australia. It's just such a, it's an epidemic in its own right. So, mm. you know, for us, it was about how do we create a fresh new approach? To health and well-being for Aussie guys, you know, how do we how do we craft something a little bit different? How do we welcome guys onto a new journey? And how might we reimagine a, a healthier masculinity? Because you know, so many of the of the examples around us, from politicians um, to rock stars to to men in business, they just fell over. As examples, they just weren't up to it. In fact, a lot of them were just pu- totally toxic in terms of mm. the way that men were going about it in society and are going about it and continue to go about it. So we got onto a pretty, pretty bold and pretty clear purpose around redefining what it means to be a healthy man and, and smashing some of the stereotypes around men's health and well-being. So that whole idea of reimagining. A healthier masculinity, a healthier way of doing it, and 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 really stepping in and going right now's our time, now's your time, men. It's time actually just to check out and check in, check out of all that all that is normal with all that all those distractions, and check back in here. Breathe out all that stuff and breathe in all of this stuff, all of this this safety and this love and this welcome space, and just to to 
to drop the heavy stuff and tread a little lighter with ourselves and invite men into that space in a way that that perhaps they haven't been before. Mm. So that guys like you and Jason could sit together and in a 15-minute exercise of deep listening, find something in one another and find something in yourselves as individuals that perhaps you haven't felt for a long time. That, that, that muscle, which is probably less about biceps, you know, which is, you know, the blokey stereotypical thing, and more about activating the heart muscles, about deep listening, about compassion, about deeper than deep listening, listening with total intent to understand what it is that another human being who loves and feels and hurts, what it is that they're trying to communicate. And, you know, what I notice is that as soon as men feel that safety and that love and that, and that, that, that holding, that safe container, they're capable of anything. They're capable of some of the, of giant transformation. And, mm. uh, and that's exciting. Uh, I definitely, definitely agree, Brett. There, there was a couple of things that, that um, came up as you were talking through all that. Sure. Um, when, when, when we go on site and we go gathering, we actually go camping. And that's what yeah. Yeah, basically that's beautifully there's a bit of solar there and there's some dams. So it's pretty much it's quite rugged. Mm. And the interesting thing, as you're saying, the challenge is if you say to a group of men, hey, you want to head up the river, and, you know, bring up your barbecue, your, your meat, your beer, your stuff, like, and we're going to go away and we're going to have this big camping weekend. Guys like, I'm in, let's go, you know, rah, 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 you know, the unhealthy masculinity. It's like it's all the distractions and it's everything else. Yeah. yeah. And then you say to the same thing, hey, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to go camping, right, but it's going to actually be, you know, no smokes, no alcohol, no phone, no vegetarian food. We're just going to go here and actually be present. They're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same concept. Right? Literally, you're still out there sleeping in the tent. You're still you're still catching up with what are going to become new mates and new friends. So true. And, but there's this, there's this thing that's really interesting about how men operate in this yeah. unhealthy. They're comfortable in the unhealthy without knowing it's unhealthy. And, and I would say... I would add to that by saying, well, absolutely, it's it's a great pickup in terms of the um of of the the irony of that. And yet, in the first scenario, they're going out on country. Um, well, they're not actually; they're just going camping with with a whole bunch of beer and their ski and a mo- and a motorboat and and a whole bunch of drugs and and disconnectors, as we call them. Mm. Um, and in the second scenario, they're doing something very different. They are actually reconnecting with themselves on country so it is truly land what i'd call land-based healing and it's no mm. surprise that that you know the first nations in this country have deep wisdom that dovetails beautifully into into our gatherings and and again we have tremendous gratitude for 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 um guys like like uh will austin um proud people on korea were on man and uh and uncle ted egan love it um uh, Jabberong and Gundich Maraman and and uh, and Uncle Rick Nelson and his father before him, Uncle Brian, proud Jaja Warung men and and how they have have seen what we're doing and have welcomed in what we're doing and and are really supporting us. So you know, they've been connecting in a deep way to country on this land for eighty thousand years. Mm. They've got a pretty good idea of how to do it, and so in doing so. I like to think, well, it's clear they have formed an incredibly deep connection with themselves through that, with each other, so with with country, with Jandak, with Mara, 
you know, all the birds and animals and waterways, the natural world, the spirit, their ancestors, their Martini Kulimara. And, uh, and so, you know, we're learning from our First Nations brothers and sisters and aunties and uncles and, and the elders around us. And they're helping to show us the way. And in some way, we're supporting them on their journey and helping to show them the way as well and opening up what is their country for them to do their work on it as well. And, and you know, symbiosis seems to be a, a, a something that's working its way through here. What a beautiful thing that, that that we might listen deeply and learn from our First Nations brothers and sisters and, and that we might also have something to offer them to help deal with the tremendous injustice and the tremendous trauma that uh, that for many generations um, they have had to deal with and are still dealing with today. So, oh, um, yeah, absolutely. My, my first... It's an interesting thing because I, you know, in the last few years, I've actually been, you know, I, I'm the first to put my hand up and say I was definitely ignorant, privileged white man. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so my my through the gathering man and and seeing what, what yourself and Andrew and Will have been able to do and have a chance to connect to Will has led me to be able to connect with other you know, beautiful, you know, First Nations man and, and just sit there, sit and listen and, and, and try to learn and, and see what we can do to to support them. But there we go. As I spoke about in, in the story, you know, my first opportunity to actually have a smoking ceremony and actually you know, understand the power of that and the cleansing of that and being understander and have that, you know, the, the smoke of the, you know, of the of the gumleys and the uh, cherry ballad and, and, you know, and all that beautiful stuff just coming through you and under the feet and everything else. It was an amazing experience. And the first one had Will, you know, with Digi in the background, just, you know, basically playing, you know, a beautiful, you know, healing sound as we're going through that is, is amazing. Um, and I think that's what we want to be able to do is, again, how do we, how do we understand it doesn't have to be a this and a that. Like it's okay to, to sit there and go what we've probably been learnt and taught and conditioned to believe, you know, actually may be wrong, but that's okay. It's okay to go. It doesn't matter what age you go. Maybe I've been ignorant. Maybe I've been going a, a different path and just learn to take a step back and learn to listen and learn to every piece, every time you go out camping or you go out somewhere on country, it's like just have – understand that that that's already filled with ancestor it's already filled with story it's already filled with love and connection and it'll talk to you and it'll let you know what where you can and can't be and everything else and you um as white men we can have access into that as long as we're willing to open up and go on the journey and and learn and be and be taught as we go along that path and now you you and Andrew do it really well because you incorporate a lot of that into into the gathering weekends as we go along yeah and so absolutely. for me absolutely and, and thanks for picking up on some of those those um those details and you know it's really important for us we are doing men's work and we're doing men's work on it, it, absolutely privileged to be, be doing men's work on Jarrah Jajawaram country. And so it goes without saying for me, and it's something that I've always felt that I needed to do, was to reach out to the elders of that country and and ask for their guidance and their permission to do what it is that we're doing and to follow very basic protocol of just, of it's not being polite, it's doing the right thing. And so people often say to me, oh, so how did you meet an elder? Like, how do you do that? Well, I pick up the phone, find a phone number, pick up a phone and and call them or go and knock on a door 
you know, and introduce myself because at the very least, surely they deserve that to understand what it is that we're doing and for us to, to be able to learn from them. And, and you know, in the way in which we we have been privileged to be working with, with um, First Nations people through the work that we do, First Nations elders, um, it's just been so important that that they are involved in doing this. We're not doing this for them. And through this, this, um, so wherever possible, we have elders out on country, you know, and we recognize them and their energy and their time. So we, we look after them. We, we, we feed them. We house them. We pay them for their time. It's so, it's amazing how many times elders are asked to come out on country to do welcome to country ceremonies and they're not paid. You know, that bit's forgotten because the elders coming out to do the ceremony and somehow it just gets bypassed and it's bizarre how that happens. But, you know, it's so important to us that that uh, that they and their culture is respected deeply and uh, and that we're possible if they feel to be a part of, of, um, of what it is that we're doing and they can come and bring their ceremony to us, then we do that. And, and where that's not possible, and it's certainly been the case through COVID where, where it was so vital to protect their communities, but in particular their elders, then there's some protocols that we've been asked very clearly to do to ensure that the country is safe and that the men are safe. And so we listen very carefully and we follow those protocols because they're expected of us and and we acknowledge country. Obviously, we can't welcome to country. It's not ours to, to, to welcome the men to. But there are some basic protocols that we've been asked uh, to follow, which are about you know respect for country and safety for ourselves and the men, and so we follow those very very closely. And uh, and now that the COVID period is is uh, is feeling a little more perhaps like it's behind us rather than in front of us, cross our fingers, touch wood, and all that stuff. Then hopefully that will usher in a period where we can can have more and more of our First Nations brothers and sisters, aunties and uncles involved in this, and maybe we're they can also have the space and time to do their work with their young ones out on country, mm. that bit of country. Absolutely agree. Um, mm. One of the things I wanted to just go back on, and I think this is where I, I still like to um, remove what I think is still confusion and everything else because we've talked a bit about healthy masculinity. Yeah. And people confuse masculinity with patriarchy. Mm. And so you have this, you know, um, you know, there's like, why are you doing all this, you know, supporting men and promoting men? Like, you know, it's a patriarchal society or it is, and, you know, where's the diversity and everything else? And and so I think it's really important because when we stand up these men's groups and everything else, people sometimes can align them back into, again, that disconnected men's club, you know, that men's only type of type of thing or, you know, that's sort of known maybe in corporations and everything else that, you know, you're part of the clique. And yep. so, you know, I always like to go back and sort of get, you know, you know, particularly someone like yourself who, you know, has this beautiful connection to land, country, you know, First Nations, but you're also doing a lot of work in the, in, in the corporate space and everything else about, you know, how do you go about um, helping someone understand that healthy masculinity is actually something that um, helps break down the walls of patriarchy as opposed to a supporter of that environment, if that makes sense? That's a great question. And you know what? I would say it's a very fair suspicion for men and women to have of, of all, all sorts of men's work, a fair suspicion. And I say it's a fair suspicion because um, the wheels of patriarchy are very much alive and well, and, and they still govern most of what goes on, you know. 
um, women are very much second-class citizens in the corporate world. You know, there is still this there's a, a very thick glass ceiling for women in this country and and worldwide, and the challenges are really there against them. And uh, and so, you know, from my perspective, um, it's something that I take very seriously. The work that we're doing, it's not it's not something that I enter into lightly. But from my perspective, in my life, um, in relationship with the feminine, with women in relationship in my life, I have noticed one thing to consistently appear, and that is the damage that men have done to women that that I have been in intimate relationship with, the scars that these women carry, mm. and, uh, and so part of the the. Um, I guess the the impetus, the energy, the drive, the passion for doing this sort of work is to say, hang on, what's the crux of the issue here? Is it that that these women carry this trauma and therefore they they have this problem and they need to go and go and do their work? No, not really. So much of this is caused by what the masculine has brought by by um, you know, oh, it's big stuff. It's huge stuff. It and it's. Some of it's small and some of it's massive, but there's very much an injustice and there's very much an imbalance. And, and my sense clearly is that that for me, I needed to go to the heart of the issue, to the to the core of the problem, which is actually holding up a mirror to men and their behaviour, okay, so that they might listen more deeply to themselves first and foremost and that we might listen more deeply to our partners. Yeah, that we might listen more deeply um, to our partners, men and women, um, and that and that in doing so, uh, we might find a deeper place of love for ourselves, and therefore love our mothers, love our daughters, love our sisters, love our partners, love this earth in a deeper, more respectful, more beautiful, more connected way, and and. So that's, you know, that's my take on it. Patriarchy is alive and well. Um, we need to shoot it down. We need mm-hmm. to take the sledgehammer to it. And through the sort of work that we're doing, we're not going to change the world, but we may well change men one man at a time and or small groups at a time. And, and we call it the ripple effect and we see it. It happens and, it, and, it's, and it's visceral and it's exciting because men leave our gatherings and they are connected with themselves in a way that they've not been for a long time or perhaps ever. They're connected with a circle of brothers in a way that they have never been, that they didn't allow themselves to be for a whole bunch of reasons of of fear, usually. And they're connected to country and to First Nations wisdom, as we've just spoken about. And they're connected to their families, you know, and to their work colleagues. But the people that they love most in the world, they are connected to an a deeper way and they see them and they hear them in a way that is is um is more heartfelt is more present and is deeper and 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 that's a gift that's a gift to those men that they've given themselves and it's a gift to their families and to their loved ones to their partners because that's how we smash patriarchy we smash it from the inside out no i i agree the <clears throat> the path to remove patriarchy is to come from from the heart, not from the head, and and, and on that. And for all the men out there who 
would sit there and go, no, 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 you know, we're now, you know, equality's here and, you know, and all these sorts of things. I'll ask every man, just go and ask your mother, your sister, your wife, your daughter, your niece, do you feel safe walking on your own down the street at 11 p.m. at night? Yeah. Ask that one question. If you ever have, if you ever think that, you know, that because if any of those go no, therefore they don't feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, it is because of the perception of men or what men are doing or this patriarchal society or this tyrant society or men acting out of their boyhood traumas in a, in a sense of power. Yeah. And so as soon as any one of those people say to you, no, I do not feel safe, then we have a remit to work out now and go, what do I need to do as a man Absolutely. to help you feel safe in society? Yeah. And the more men that can actually be willing to do that, and, and that may be the fact that, that's not the problem isn't outside of us. Yeah. And that's the second thing is that when that happens, then we start to look at all these other people who are doing things wrong. You can be that catalyst to change. You can be the stone that creates the ripple in the, in the ocean or in the pond. Because mm. if you start to do the work and understand what's happening and the role you're playing, yeah. and then you can call out others, but call them out from love, not from a, from a, from that point of view. So that that's, that's would be the thing I would probably suggest out there as well. Absolutely, Stephen. And you know what? Everyone knows a woman who has been raped. No one seems to know a rapist. And I know that's that's hard hitting, and it's and it's it's um it's it's a huge, big, deep hole. It's a deep, frightening space. But we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the women to actually confront the problems so that when we ask a guy, how are you going, and he, and he crosses his arms and starts drawing pictures with his toe, going, yeah, mate, all good, all good, we know it's not all good. We know it's not all good. We know so often that these men are not in their centre and um, at their very best they're loving, connected, beautiful brothers and at their very worst they are violent Men can be incredibly violent. And I'm not saying it's that, that there isn't crossover through the gender around, you know, what can happen in, in, in sexual violence. But somehow we're on that topic and, and, and in the end, um, we've got to own it. We've got to own it. We've got to own that we are failing ourselves and we are failing our women and we need to change it. And that's what we're doing. And, you know, it's been an interesting th thing through, through, um, through gathering men that, that on a number of occasions we've been going what seven years or so now and um and each year after the the men's gatherings we've had calls from partners of those men who ring up and go hey you know we haven't seen Stephen like this since the kids were little mm. or you know we we don't Brett just seems to be you know on operating on a different vibration he listens he doesn't interrupt me and these women who called um were specifically asking us whether there was something for the women. You know, can we have some of this as well? And um, we put this out there to our community to say, hey, there's this demand from the women for something that is is perhaps the equivalent of what we're offering at Gathering Men, something I'm sure very different from what it is that we're offering, but something that can can hold that safe uh that safe container that will allow women to be able to come out and do their healing on country. And, uh, 
And two women heard that call and two very beautiful, special, wise women stood up and stepped forward. And so Lee Trafford and, and Jackie Van Heerden are leading that work now under the mm. title of Gathering Women and they're doing amazing work and they're going from strength to strength, absolutely from a place of love in their hearts. And they are offering um, these gatherings that go incredibly deep, again, in a place that is safe, that is welcoming and that is truly loving and in a way that's going to be very different from the men. I don't know exactly what it is that the women bring and what they do and the way in which they weave their magic, but they do weave magic. I've seen the result of it. My own woman has been along to, to gathering women. And so I would encourage the men who are listening to this podcast who uh, who are here in Victoria or in Southern Australia um, to, to offer that to their women, to jump on the website gatheringmen.org and just see when the next women's dates are. Um, I know there's one following our, our next autumn gathering in late March going into April um, there on Jadjurong country and one prior to that up in New South Wales in the Nimbin area. So, you know, um, we're not the ones that get to have all the fun and to, and to drop all our arm. Uh, we're not the only ones who get to do that. The women now have an opportunity to do that too and to help heal themselves and in, in much the same way that we're talking, to help feed back into their families in a way that's rejuvenated and regenerated and connecting with their men in a more loving, heartfelt way. And, hey, what an amazing thought that that the men might be doing their work and might be be, uh, be leaning in in a way that, that might scare them, that might bring them into fear, but might genuinely bring more connected, more beautiful, more heartfelt men to the table and that the women, we, that we might meet our women, that we might meet our partners there in that place and 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 just hold a little more gentle, softer space for one another. Yeah, I, and that's such a, such a beautiful, I think, vision about those two coming together and I know something myself and Jackie, you know, my wife, you, you know, we're working exactly on our own stuff and we're learning to be less codependent, more independent, go off and work on your own stuff. And then when you do that, the power and when you come back together mm-hmm. is so good because you've actually, you're then not dependent on each other. You're choosing to actually actively be with, with each other and, and you're actually making that choice on a daily basis. And you, you, you're then in a much more powerful, supportive environment. And, and for me, it's huge. Um, I just want to take a little tangent. Mm. Because in one of the things you're talking about, particularly around the men and the safety and everything else, and you know, this podcast is a bit about talking about being vulnerable and so forth. Mm. And one of the experiences I had, um, again, being hosted by by Brett and um, and Andrew with the Gathering Men, was that we had a bit of a gathering and a bit of a session down near one of the dams on the property. And effectively, you know, I think it was twenty odd men, and you know, combination of board shorts and everything else. But next thing is like, okay. You know, basically, we're going to go for a swim in the dam for a bit of a cleanse. And so, you know, the option is stay in your board shorts or, or strip off. And so I chose to strip off. And one of the things that I shared later on that day, which people wouldn't weren't aware of, was that was the most frightening thing I have, have done. Like, I've done a number of things, but the, the frightening thing was to actually strip off in front of other men and, and be fully naked and going for a swim due to a whole lot of issues in relation to body, body shape, penis size, and, and everything else. And so there are those smaller things 
sometimes the men that we all hold on to and then being able to share that later on with other men. Mm. Um, just that simple thing of not only not keeping the fear to yourself once you've confronted it, actually yeah. then talking to someone else to say, I'm going to actually open up about the fact that I this was a fear and I went through it and this is what came out of it. And would I be comfortable going to it again? No, it's still going to take some some effort to strip off and keep jumping in. But Ooh. we know that every time we do that and we step into that, it becomes less and less and less. And so, you know, for me, there was no judgment. It was just guys that, you know, if you chose to swim naked, you did. If you chose to swim in your boards, you did. It wasn't like people were looking and going, well, come on, get your gear off type of thing. But it was all about every person that had a chance to step into that, but enabled people to feel empowered as to where they wanted to go and, and have that conversation. So, again, you know, I know that uh, Brett and, and Andrew, um, I think the 24th to 27th of March, have I got the dates right for your next have, gathering, yeah. man? Yep, end of end of March. Follow the next week by the um by the women. Mm, yeah. So all I would say is that you know um you know this episode and Andrews will be certainly you know um well and truly aired by then. But you know if you're listening to this at any other point in time, the guys are on this beautiful um, autumn and spring events, um, three and you know three two and three night events um, out on country and could not recommend it more. I think I made a mistake on a thing. I think I said I left out. I could not recommend it anymore. I think I said on one of ones I could not recommend it. <laughs> and Brett pulled it up me. I'm like, oh shit, no, no, that's not what I meant. Like, seriously, I would recommend everybody to go and and, and spend, you know, time after time just going out there and, and having that opportunity because the space they hold is just absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for um for for saying that and 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 for sharing your story there, which was which I hear you, mate, because. You spoke to your fear, one of the greatest fears, and 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 I just hear courage. Um, I just hear pure courage for you to do that because, you know, part of the the trademark of what it is that we do is is everyone has a choice. You know, you don't have to do anything if you don't want. You don't have to talk. You don't have to speak about what's going on for you. You don't have to do anything. There is nothing that is forced. And so, you know, what happens in a safe welcome loving container when you're not forced to do anything then men it turns out are able to open up and they're able to step into their genius they're able to step into their healing and they're able to be vulnerable and so wow what a thing to to um what a story to hear and and what a what a great example of of what was happening for you you know that allowed you to to just shift a little and to step into that vulnerability and to meet something that was truly big for you um, and maybe, you know, nothing for another fella um, and and be allowed to just to allow that to flow, you know, and, and in doing so, you know, the beauty of this vulnerability is that it so often provides seriously deep permission for other men to to follow suit or to, um, to de-suit or to open up to talk about their deepest emotions, but uh, whether it's getting a kid off and having a swim in a dam or um, or talking about your deepest fears one-on-one um, -on -one with someone or in circle, um, what a way to, to actually release what no longer serves us, to step into looking truly at, our, at the things that are getting in the way, the stuff that is better let go of, and to focusing our energy and our attention. And as Andrew always says, where attention goes, energy flows, so let's bring our attention to the things in our life that we truly love. And so much of our work is very much about that. It's about 
focusing our lives on the things that we love. And I'm sure you heard lots about that with Andrew last week. Excellent. Thanks, Brett, for that. That's a that's a beautiful wrap up. Um, as um, as I sort of spoke to you uh, pre pre getting on this thing, you know, one of the things, although that that is such an awesome message anyway. But um, just as we wrap up, is there any like a a message like for for men and for women out there? But you know, this podcast is trying to help men step into that level of vulnerability, have that courage, loose, you know, step in and go. I'm going to take accountability and some responsibility for what's happening with me. Is there any other you know, little thing that you would like to leave out for the men before we uh, before we wrap up? You know what? There is something, and um, and it's a quote that I often share, and it was it was taught to me by the late great Peter Malcolm, who was a man who actually introduced Andrew and I, and a man that I have deep love for, and who absolutely walks and travels with me. And it's a quote about beginning, because in the end, we don't care really where you're doing your work, whether you're coming out on country with us or seeing in an online meeting with us or whether you're with another men's group somewhere else or or doing one-on-one work with a coach or mentor or counsellor, as long as you're doing your work and the importance there is to begin. And so this quote is from a guy called William Hutchinson Murray and it's from a 1951 book called The Scottish Himalayan Expedition and it's very much about beginning and it goes like this. It goes, until one is committed there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back concerning all acts of initiative and creation. There is one elementary truth that ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. And here it is, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from that decision, raising in one's favour all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would have come his way. Whatever you can do or dream that you can do, begin it. For boldness has genius, power and magic in it. Begin it now. Beautiful. I love that. I just love that quote. I just love it. It is so, it's, it's, um, it's not debatable. It's so clear. <laughs> Spoken from a man who obviously experienced that, you know, yeah. in his expeditions. Awesome. What a great way to finish up. Um, Brett, thank you. It's been an enlightening and enjoyable, um, just a fun, great conversation to have. I'm so Glad that you chose to, you know, sign up to say yes, you'd jump on the podcast, that you'd actually sit down for us to have this chance to have this one-on-one conversation. Um, like always, I, I just love being in your company. I love the the conversations that we end up having and I'm sure that the, the listeners would uh, absolutely just, you know, hopefully go back over and over this episode because, again, you know, you go back a couple of times, you go, ah, oh, there's another nugget and there's another nugget and there's another nugget. So, yeah, thank you very much for your time this um, today. and been very generous such a pleasure mate such a pleasure to be to talk to the unearthed man or maybe i'm the unearthed man i don't know maybe we're both unearthed men and uh, and to all the unearthed men who are who are listening out there thanks for listening and and absolutely we would we would uh we would welcome you into that safe container that we've been talking about and love to see you around a fire sometime awesome thanks man you have a great day and uh, we'll catch up soon thanks Stephen. see you brother Hey all, 
But what an amazing conversation, you know, as you picked up as a, you know, based on the intro and as we've gone through, you can just see where, where Brett comes from. He just has this love and this passion and, you know, just for helping people just discover their hearts, just to, you know, I think as he said to me a few times before, just leave the stories behind. That's all they are. The stories we can leave behind. It's, you know, what are we going to lead with now and, and where are we going to go to it? And the quicker we can get down and just open our hearts and, and run from our hearts, you know, the, the much more powerful we become as individuals and, and the much more powerful that we can start to impact all, all those around us. So uh, I love that conversation. Um, and the one thing I forgot to remind Brett is that, uh, you know, he still owes me a surfing expedition. So myself, he and Andrew need to uh, get out on those surfboards again and, and have a bit of fun. Um, all right, so as, as I've sort of said a few times, don't forget um, eight-week men's empowerment program. Certainly jump on that. Happy to jump on a one-on-one call for us to sit down just if you, you know, you just need some thoughts or someone to listen. Happy to make that happen as well. Um, you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Um, and yeah, if you want to find anything else that's going on, you can also you know, jump in, uh, use the links below. Um, I'll also put a link to um, the Gathering Men uh, event. So it, it depends when you're listening. If this one doesn't uh, land for you, then you know they have regular events and, and regular online conversations as well. So I'd highly recommend that you jump on that. So I'm going to wrap up now. Uh, episode 56 of The Unearthed Man, uh, sending you much love, care and peace. Take care and chat soon.